Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And today we are jumping in on step number seven in the financial planning process. If you have been with us over the last six weeks, we've been going over each individual step of the financial planning process, having advisors come in and share their tips. Today, we are joined by Dr. Preston Cherry, my boy, my guy, good friend. And we actually finally got to meet in real life after knowing each other for a few years. So welcome back to the show, Dr. Cherry. Yes, Mr. Emlyn Miles Mattingly, three names. I love it. <laughs> we got to give each other a hug. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me back. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. So last week, a couple of weeks ago, we were at the Excel conference in Las Vegas, and I got a chance to meet you and met a whole bunch of other great people, man. It was good to see some smiling faces in real life, get some hugs, some handshakes, and grab a couple of drinks, too, you know? Big brother hugs, too, you know, the bear hugs. <laughs> yeah, it was good times, man. Good times. Today, we're going to jump in on this monitoring step of the financial planning process. And I wanted to bring Dr. Cherry on because one, well, because he's great at this, he has his doctorate in financial planning. And today, I think that this step of the financial planning process, not the most important, but one of the very, very important because things happen in your plan and things change. And a lot of times people don't change their plan after this happens. Today, I'm hoping with the help of Dr. Cherry, we can get through some of this and if you wouldn't mind, Dr. Cherry, let the listeners know a little bit about yourself and then just a little bit about what you do in your monitoring process. Thank you for that. And a little bit about myself is I do a couple of things, but one is I teach and I also run a practice as well. I get to combine some research aspects of financial planning with a practitioner-based aspects of financial planning as well. I've been practicing for about 15 years and also not only the technical aspects, Emlyn, but also the psychology aspects, which is main source of life. And then as my grandfather says, he says, do you understand what I'm saying to you, son? And I've never told him that at 14. And I said, no, Papa, not right now. He said, just keep living, son. Just keep living. <laughs> and that's what life, <laughs> and that's what life is, is really all about. And this is what the inputs that help us inform what we're doing with our financial plan. Absolutely. I would say this is what informs our whole financial planning process. And it was what we're getting into the monitoring process because we're talking about life's course. When we go through the financial plan, it's still a living, breathing document, a living, breathing life. And if we just stop there, our lives don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Things keep moving. So we have to monitor and update and adapt, roll and adapt and have the flexibility because we're still growing. We have life stages. We still have life aspirations. We still have uncertainties. We still have things that come along. We're adjusting and having that flexibility. Absolutely. Take us through an example. You got your client, you deliver the plan. Maybe we're doing our monitoring. How often are you monitoring and updating the plan? Take us through that process. You got client Susie Q. That's always a good one. <laughs> you got client Susie Q and John Q. And you delivered the plan. And now take us through what that cadences and how you monitor the plan and what adjustments and things that you do. Mm -hmm. These are good semi-annual check-ins, mm -hmm. semi-annual check-ins, and really seeing where the client is, 
on life's course. Where is your well-being check-ins? Mm -hmm. Where are we on the goals that we have discussed? But particularly after that first iteration, mm -hmm. where is our progress? How do you feel? Because, and I stress those feeling points mm -hmm. as well, because we do want to see where we are in our transformative process as well. We want to monitor the mechanics. Mm -hmm. We want to see where we are. Do what are those metrics that improved mechanically? Did our savings rate improve? Did our investments improve? Not necessarily performance. We don't want to check it that quickly. We want to be tied to just investment improvements or anything. But we, how are we? Did our behaviors change? Did we set aside more money? What are our practices? Did those improve? Or did our HSAs improve? How are we mechanically? Did we improve? How do we feel? And then how do we feel about our progress, our perceptions different? Okay. Have our uncertainties been quelled a little bit, all right? Well, how do we feel about that? Because it is a integration of our mechanics and our money and our emotions about our money. It's a good check-in, particularly after that first iteration, mm -hmm. okay? And then ongoing, we still have, and this is what those semi-annual check-ins are about, okay? A life's course, life stages. Where are we in our aspirations? Where are we in our near-term goals and aspirations? Where are we in our long-term? Has anything changed? What's come up? Or purchases, aspirations, as there just uncertainties, unforeseen events. Okay, we have to have some sort of flexibilities there and so we can make adjustments. But this is the monitoring process. Mm -hmm. It's very important because it's ongoing. And then also, too, I would say the step seven mm -hmm. ties into step one mm -hmm. because the definition of financial planning has this word called collaborative in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the collaboration means it's just not on the planner and it's just not on the client also, but it does take a teamwork. Who's responsible for what? And it is a teamwork. Oh, the planner is guiding the client, Susie Q, John Q. Mm -hmm. All right. And then the John Q and the Susie Q, they have to have some buy-in to what they're doing as well. Who's going to do what, when, and how, but these couple of meetings per year, says, oh, okay, I have that buy-in. I understand my story, the client, Susie Q, John Q. I have that buy-in. Let's continue with it. I love that. I was hearing is like, you got to obtain that current quantitative and qualitative information from the client updated because things do change. Like there's some examples of maybe the family size grows, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a new mm -hmm. child. Maybe mm -hmm. the family size decreases. Maybe children are leaving out of the house, right? Maybe you got a new job and now we need to adjust your cash flow. I just had a conversation with a client about that. They're anticipating a promotion and they're thinking about it's going to be like a $25,000 raise. And that's something that we need to plan about because now we have extra cash flow. When you're going through that and you're getting no qualitative and quantitative information and in update from the client, mm -hmm. how do you go back? And one of the things that you said that I do when I want to skip over was you talked about the emotional part of this, like mm -hmm. making sure that how they feel, because I think that is sometimes skipped over and not talked about the feelings that go along with money. Before I even get on to the other stuff, qualitative, quantitative, I wanted to jump back into that and let you talk a little bit about the feels of money, because I know that plays a huge part in the success or failure of the plan. Absolutely. It can be both a great feeling and also some struggles. It doesn't always have to be a downtrodden emotion. All right. For instance, deferred or equity compensation. Okay. Somebody can be rewarded. Okay. But that's also, I had a client before say, okay, I've gotten all this money. 
all right, I simply don't know where to put it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't understand it, but I'm happy that I received it. Okay, how do I go about it? And then what do I do next? It gives me a level of flexibility. The mechanics of it is I understand what do I do? What do we do? Can you help me guide with that? And then also it does introduce a new level of flexibility with on the life planning point. I haven't thought that far. It does give me a little bit more openness. I want to think about that too. All right. That's a feeling. So we got the mechanics and we got the psychology. We got the feeling. All right. So that's the instance. And now where do we learn that? I am that we learn that through the monitoring process. Mm-hmm. All right. Those inputs help us inform how do we update. Okay. And then we carry that into who has the responsibilities of what and so on and so forth. What does the planner do at that point? What does the client do and so forth? Okay. So that's one example. I've had that example. I've had that conversation with the client before. Transitions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Transitions. I've had this conversation with a client before. Okay, so we've learned new information about a you know, business owner. We have new developments of what may be occurring on that front. Maybe we want to transition in or out of a business. That also opens up new opportunities and everything like that. What happens there? Okay, again, mechanics and the transition. How do you feel about that, this, that, and the other? Okay, also, let's go with uncertainties. Okay, so that's the opposite end of the spectrum. We've had a pandemic, okay, that's been an interrupter, a disruptor to cash flows and assets and the like that may disrupt a household. How does individuals feel about that? And then how do we get back on track and when are we going to get back on track? One of the things I'd like to share is we have to monitor or manage the moment to maximize the future. Again, that's a mechanic issue and also a feelings issue. Where do we get that? Again, we're monitoring. All right. There's a couple of examples there. I like that. I like it a lot. When I think about this and I think about why do you think this step is often overlooked and not taken as seriously as some of the other steps? Well, it depends on the relationship of the client and the planner. Okay. We can either have an ongoing relationship or a relationship to where the client, Susie Q., John Q says, okay, I want to work with the planner and say, right now, my relationships are three, six, nine months or just a current relationship. And then the client says, okay, I'm good. I think I have a good roadmap. Uh, Thank you for the education and the guidance. And then I'll take it from here. Mm -hmm. All right. So they have a plan and then that's it. And then they go on. All right. The monitoring process is not that prevalent because the Susie or John Q has said, okay, I'm going to take the monitoring process myself, the reins myself. All right. And then I may come back to you in a year or two or whatever. However, if it's an ongoing, if it's a retainer relationship, then there's more of a coaching, counseling, ongoing relationship. There's a shared relationship there. And in that case, then the monitoring becomes a little bit more prevalent. With that, then that relationship, okay, the monitoring becomes more present. You have those ongoing meetings. The advisor plays a more of a role. And then that household is more dependent. It says, okay, Susie and John says, you know what? I'm looking forward to those check-ins because I lean more on to that so I can get more guidance. I think the check-ins and the monitoring, we had a meeting with a client last week and she was like, we need that monitoring. I need that accountability. 
She's, mm-hmm. she's telling me I need that accountability. So we need to meet more often because there's some things that I'm kind of slipping up and I want to make sure that I can re-establish my goals and get everything done. And so this is the client asking me for more accountability, changing the cadence of our meetings because the monitoring mm-hmm. for her is more impactful when we do it more often. And I said, let's do it. So I think that be able to move around with your clients like that and sometimes have more meetings or less meetings according to how they're feeling makes a big difference. As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we're changing the complexion of wealth. And one of the wrap up with two tips. Do you have one or two or three? I know you got some tips, just tips for our consumers. I'll leave it at that. So it could be open-ended. You can go wherever mm-hmm. you want on that. For consumers, I would say have good buy-in to their plan, their money plan. Because it's really not just about the mechanics of it. If you have good buy-in, meaning their stories, if they're tied into their aspirational story, their goals, what they want to do with their life, well, I share with my tagline with my company, which is let your life lead your money, not your money lead your life. That's what life money balance is because your life and your money, they're working concurrently. They're working in partnership. All right. If your stories define the blueprint of your life and you're creating your life's design, then that always is the connective glue to your money direction. And those stories and that life alignment, all right, align, aspire, and achieve, then you always get to come back to that connective glue. My tips are is to always come back to your why, your reason, all right? And that helps this step too. A step as well, because we're on step seven. <laughs> anyway, that helps this step as well. Is okay, connect with that. And also, that's the exercise. That is the exercise. Is when something is either on track or off track, is to always come back to that. Or necessarily don't have to come back to that. Go forward with it. Redo the exercise so you can look into the future as well. What, what do I want to do? Because it is a life cycle, a life stage exercise. Keep going forward. And with that exercise, then you bring life to this monitoring stage. Absolutely. Love it. Love it, P. Dr. Cherry, thank you again, man. Thank you again for your time. Thank you again for what you do in this industry. Thank you for all your hard work and the change that you were making. I appreciate you, brother. For real, for real, man. And thank you for sharing with our listeners today, man. I appreciate you too, my brother. You're doing fabulous things as well. I'm a fan. Awesome, man. Awesome. Together we're better. You know that. Yes. As you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast, so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here and until next time.